Welcome to the new sound of online radio. Welcome to the sound of Universal Broadcasting Network. She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Welcome, welcome to Live Love Thrive's 100th episode. Woohoo! Yes, very excited, very excited. And uh, I hope you are joining our conversation on our Facebook and also following us, of course, on Twitter and Instagram at My360Karma, because we always have lots of interesting things we're talking about. So join the conversation today. Of course, on our 100th episode, I have a very special guest, actress and environmentalist, uh, uh, Rochelle. Uh, Beg, uh, Carson Begley. Rochelle Carson Begley's with us here today. Please give a warm welcome to Rochelle. Hi. I, I don't know why I want to say Rachel. Does everybody want to say Everyone, that? So I was named after Rachel Carson, the oh, environmentalist. Oh, okay, so, so okay. I come by it honestly. Okay. But for my, my father put a little spin on it and I called like me Rochelle. I like that spin. Rochelle yeah. is such a pretty name. Thank you. So. Thank you. Um, and you grew up in Atlanta. I did indeed. Yeah. Atlanta, so Georgia. Don't they call that a Georgia peach? They do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, please, don't mention it. I know. <laughs> hey, listen, I've, I've gotten to this age where now I'm proud to be from Atlanta. Yeah. I had to go away. Yeah. And I had to go, what are they doing down there? It's yeah. a while. But you know what? Well, and now it's like Hollywood South, it right? It is. Yeah. And it's changing. Yeah, it's and there's changing. there's a great woman no. running for governor, <laughs> Stacey um, Abrams. Oh, wonderful. Amazing. I oh, heard her good. speak. I pray she gets elected. She oh. has an uphill battle. Yeah. African-American, brilliant woman. Yeah. Well, I know not only are you an environmentalist, but you're big on women's empowerment. Yes. I know we're all cheerleading for these uh, women uh, that are running for political <laughs> office all over the country Praying. in numbers like we've never seen before. And it's it, so exciting. It's astounding. Yeah. We, we're really good in reaction. Yeah, we are. Right, we galvanize. Right, yeah. That's like my community, the environmental community. Uh, we we did a show under the Bush years. You know, yeah. Ed and I, uh, my husband Ed Begley, um, and I did a show called Living with Ed about the environment during the Bush years because yeah. I think that we were in reaction. And then Obama became our president, which was a fantastic for so many reasons. Yes. But the environment sort of took a back seat. We sort of took a like, oh, yeah, just a little. We got it. We got it handled, Dad. The you know they'll handle it. Yeah. But he's only one man. And yeah. Then and he had and, a Republican, you know, legislation. So. Right. And today it just was a thunderstorm <laughs> outside here in Los Angeles, which never happens nope. at this time of year. Driving. So speaking yeah. of the changing environment. Yeah. You know, and I, I said it was in honor of our 100th an, uh, anniversary here today. Came <laughs> our in with episode. the bang, literally. Yeah, it came in with the bang. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, speaking of Ed, Ed uh, Begley is your mm -hmm. husband, mm -hmm. a wonderful actor. Yes. And the two of you have done all these great shows on Discovery Network and HGTV. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are fans. We've been posting about it, and they're, like, missing your shows. Oh, I, are you guys bless gonna, you. Yeah. The two people out there that saw us. <laughs> God bless We're you. We're hoping that you're bringing it back 
Uh, I've been trying yeah. for a while. You know, Ed keeps getting these jobs, which, yeah. you know, they contract him yeah, to like, work for wood. a network. So uh, Speaking of that, uh, yeah. speaking of he got jobs, yeah. um, I loved him in the book club. Wasn't he fun? He, it was, was a, a great part. He was hilarious. He dyed his hair, so then yeah. it even showed less hair. It was really cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Him and the, uh, it was a great premise. I, it was one of the summer's most fun movies with uh, Jane Fonda and um, who else was uh, in it? Mary Steenburgen, uh, yeah. Candace Bergen. Oh my and, God, it was such um, a great lineup. And yeah. the other one, the Annie Hall. Oh my God. Oh, Diane Keaton. Oh, I think it takes yes, a village. Love Diane. Takes a village. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It takes but a village some, to, for us to remember exactly. at this age. <laughs> but that just tells Sounds you, like, looks like. Exactly. <laughs> the changing climate. Yeah. literal change in climate that we are in, the yeah. positive changes yeah. that are happening for women. Yeah. I mean, albeit they are movie stars. Yes. They did not put a lot of money into that movie. Uh, so it's a surprise hit. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think it's a surprise hit because uh, women our age, um, right. we're, I'm not going to say what that is. Yes. <laughs> we want movies. And there yes. are no movies that speak to our audience. Exactly. Uh, they're all smash them up, bang them up, really... Right. I guess targeting boys and young men, and I, I don't it's really an old know. Paradigm. It's <laughs> such an old paradigm, and right. uh, if uh, I, I know my friend Tabby Biddle's working, and Elisa Parker, they're working on something called Fifty Women Can that's uh. helping train women in the industry to bring women up in the ranks, so that we have more directors, right. writers, yeah, right. and that'll change. So we'll have more yeah. female-driven movies. And f television content. Yes. Thank yes. goodness. So yes, I'm looking indeed. forward to that. But we digress. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about your journey to L.A. So, you know, how did you end up from, uh, you know, growing Atlanta. up in Atlanta <laughs> to coming to Los Angeles? I know you also studied theater in New York. Right. Right. And right. so that was kind of your stepping stone to L.A. Well, right? I, I studied theater in Atlanta, believe it or not. I mean, yeah. I started in children's theater at the and then the Alliance Theater, which is a, actually a wonderful theater in Atlanta. The, the theater Atlanta is, is a um, uh, cultural hub mm -hmm. of the South. And so I knew that I wanted to be out of there, however, at a yeah. very young age. Yeah. And um, and, and I, at 13, you were on your own. You were telling me your parents divorced when my you were one. One. Wow. And my mom moved to Kentucky and my dad thought it best. This was the 70s, folks. Yeah. So yeah. there was no child rearing per se. You know, people right. just had no clue. Right. So because your dad traveled a lot. He you, traveled a lot. You so and your my, sister kind of had your place to yourself. Exactly. When you were just 13. Yeah. Wow, and then that, that had didn't, to have been really my challenging. My poor sister, it was. It was yeah. too challenging for her. And she's like, I can't do this. So right. I ended up moving in with friends and ultimately went to boarding school and ended up in boarding school in England, mm -hmm. which was uh, probably one of the best things mm -hmm. that happened. Good. And how did all of those things in your life, because they always do connect, how did all those things, those challenges of the divorce and being on your own at a young age and, and, and going to boarding school, how did those all impact your life journey to the work that you're doing today? Is there any um, alliance or, or connection there that you can put together? Well, I think the, really the fundamental uh, lesson or impact was um, one must take responsibility for oneself. Yes. Very, and unfortunately, or too early, 
but it made me a survivor. Uh, hence, you need to be that if you're going to go into the arts because yes. no one, there are too many, as my husband likes to say, too many asses and not enough seats. <laughs> too many people doing it because they, right. it's fun. Right. And they and so you have to be, one, a, a self-promoter. You have to figure out. So survival would probably be the biggest takeaway. Yeah. But and, I, and by the way, yeah. too many asses and not enough seats. I thought that was the government. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Well, that's, oh, wait, that's a whole yeah, different joke. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Everything has a new meaning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, for sure. But uh, so, so, what what was it in your childhood that was the most challenging thing for you as a human being? Um, being, I think, being not heard. So hence, I was like, "Look at me!" Ah, you know, yeah. I like to sort right. of like, "Wait a minute, I'm here, folks." So I was always. That's why I went yes. into the arts. I think, right. and I. And I could put all that source and all that stuff that I think I came into this world with into some kind of form. And right. then it wasn't me. It was it, it was with me, but it wasn't me. It was something else that I could just – we all need an outlet. Right. I really need <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I think we all need a, an emotional outlet. And that's what – I think it saved my life. I had friends who I grew up with who were not on the planet any longer. Right. You know, they right. did not survive. One from either drug overdoses or suicides or right. young, so thank beautiful God you didn't go girls. down that road. Yeah, no. Yeah, you didn't I, go down that destructive road. No. You took those A little bit challenges. of it I did. I yeah. did a little bit. Yeah. But I, but I think what did save my life uh, was the arts. Right. And so when you went to community, uh, so when you went to theater, did that give you like a community and yes. a support system? Absolutely. And yeah. it was in the South. So I was in yeah. the, a, a community of African-Americans. And, you know, even though I was raised by an African-American woman and it was during the civil rights, you know, in the 60s when I was raised right. uh, as a young child, mind you, young. Yeah. Um, but I was around different cultures and right. all coming together uh, for one purpose is to create art. And it was yeah. an incredible, for no, you know, uh, I didn't know a Jewish person until I was in mm -hmm. theater. You know, yeah. I mean, we were very, you know, it's very uh, segregated uh, right. South. Right. It's right. not now. And yeah. that's, uh, thank God, because we won't change until we all become uh, familiar with each well, other. Well, I do think there's still cities and towns in this country that are very... Um, have not a mixed culture. Right. And, and so they do have a fear of people that aren't like yes, them. Yes, of course. And yet, if they're put into a situation like a city like New York or mm -hmm. L.A., we realize what a blessing it is to all be different and have yeah. different cultures. And, you know, it, it, it's really like this big, wonderful festival of diversity. Right. And your it, your marriage, your your choices are not going to impact me. They have nothing to do with me. Right. You, you know, live and let live. Yeah. And if you live better, then we all live better. So yes. meaning you in the in the sort yes. of, you know, universal, you not you literally, but right. you literally. Right, right. You know, uh, gay, straight, white, black, uh, Asian, Af you know, whatever it is. Yeah, if, uh, if we all do better, we all... We yeah. all win. The, the, yeah. the tide rises all boats kind of Exactly. Thing. Yeah. I like that saying. Yeah. So uh, after your journey uh, to Los Angeles, and by the way, what brought you to Los Angeles? You were just, oh, <laughs> you came vacation. on a vacation, right? Yeah, my boyfriend. Yep, that'll had, do it. Yeah, my boyfriend at the time was doing a, a play that ended at the Amundsen and, well, actually ended at a theater in Beverly Hills, but ended up, he was the um, Neil Simon trilogy, so Brighton Beach brought him here. Mm -hmm. Biloxi Blues took him back to Broadway. So he went to Broadway with that. 
And I came out because my sister was a research scientist at UCLA at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have a friend that is a scientist right yeah. there now yeah. at UCLA. Now she's in Alabama yeah. voting as a progressive. We're actually she? doing a big event at UCLA in February called She Angels. Oh, awesome. That is to help empower women with funding. Great. Yeah. And women I love do UCLA. What yes. an amazing school. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So I came so out. So she to was visit. a scientist. You were an actress. There's a dichotomy, right? And, right? and I came out for a vacation. Yeah, I had just finished uh, Williamstown Theater Festival back east, which is a pretty prominent um, uh, theater in the Berkshires. They call it the um, summer camp for movie stars. And uh, I was had lost my apartment. Now I had lost my apartment in New York. And e- even I'm sure even today, if you lose your apartment, you sort of think twice about do I want to stay here and go through what it takes to get another apartment in New York. Right. So there was another so, motivating factor. Exactly. Yeah. But the weather, yeah, the weather was phenomenal, right? And there was more opportunity in what right. perceived opportunity, right? And you wanted to get into TV and film, right? Right. I, I wanted to act, and in New York, unless you went to Juilliard, Yale, or one of the leagues, it was very difficult, very closed shop. I right. think that's changed a little, yeah. But um, but LA seemed to have more opportunity. So you've had an amazing acting career. You uh, had that reoccurring role on um, Nighttime Soap. Uh, yeah. Falcon yes, Crest. indeed. Was that that was one of my first. Yes, that was a like, throw in t- thrown into the fire. That was um, fun is not a word I would use, but in, <laughs> but uh, I survived it. And yeah. and um, and it was great. You know, I didn't know what I had. You right. know, I was sort of naive. And then the unfortunate part is as you go along in your career, you sort of know what the stakes are. Yeah. You know the opportunity. The opportunity I got was like one in a million. It yes. was like someone said, come in. Do you know someone? They, I went in and auditioned and I booked it. Yeah. That just wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't even have gotten the opportunity had, if I hadn't known that person. Right, right. It, you know? it, that the universe always yeah. creates that synchronicity yeah. if we're listening, right? Yeah. And so, and you've been on many movies and shows mm-hmm. and do you have a favorite that you were on you know I have to say my favorite thing that I've ever done other than theater because I have some great theater experiences was doing our tv show living with ed yeah I bet because then you're like getting to do television but about something you guys really care yeah. about and I'm running yeah. I I'm not having to memorize lines although yeah. I did have to do wraparound so I'd have to read but um but I love you know we're having fun we're playing yeah. you know comedy I just love it I didn't realize I always wanted to be Medea I was always wanted to do that's why I always wanted to do the the most dramatic stuff yeah. yeah but ultimately I think the most impactful things I've left film-wise has been my comedy well I think it's great that you all take your gravitas and get known in Hollywood as like this couple that's all about the environment and that you do a show about that. And I hope they do bring it back because it's so timely, obviously. Yes. (laughs) That's an understatement. Yes. And um, besides that, uh, I think people want to know, how did you meet Ed? How did I meet Ed? Yeah, well, I mean, I, they probably yeah. think you met on an acting gig, and I know that's no, not I the wish, case. I wish that yeah. were the case. <laughs> um, actually, I met him through a friend who mm. had inter- who was a uh, who had known him in the you know he's an actor too. So we went for coffee, and that was it was fine. But um, you know, I that wasn't a match made in heaven. And um, but I would see him periodically, and then I moved away to Toronto because I thought you know with some other guy. And career wise, uh, bigger fish, smaller pond. I thought that I would try Canada for a while, yeah. but I have to say I love Canada. I mind love you, Canada. I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's yeah. um, the first place I ever saw. Recycling. We all wish we were there now. I know. <laughs> Great. 
saying. Bit. Great recycling. <laughs> yeah. In the early 90s, they recycled. I'm like, what's that box for on the side of the road? Yeah, you know? I was, yeah. Oh, they were the leaders in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I realized the weather was not great. And uh, although if you like cold weather, it's the place for you. Yeah. I uh, came back to L.A. and then I had taken a river rafting trip. Like, you know, I'm not a nature girl. I am a city girl. But I thought, okay, I need to at least do this river rafting. So it presented itself. I went on it. And then I had a great time. It was was a Kern River. I'm a city girl, too. I've lived in every city. uh, Miami, New York, uh, Los Angeles, D.C. Um, But I have been river rafting once. Yeah, once. And it was really awesome. It was awesome. And once, yes. So you met him on this trip? I met him. Well, he wasn't on the trip. But I I loved the, the opportunity. I loved the experience so much I volunteered. And I always say this, if you want to meet someone, so don't, you're not going to meet them at home in your, in your bathrobe and you're, you know, watching TV. Yeah, they're TV. not knocking on the door. Yeah. Get out there and do things. Volunteer for organizations that are, that you have a passion for. Right. Because everyone else is volunteering or yes. do, up there. So that's, he was the MC and I was yeah. a volunteer and we reconnected and hence we've been together is it'll in 90 since 93 so it'll be 25 years oh my gosh 25 years yes now do you all have any kids i have a daughter she's 18 oh, and a half yes awesome. is she actress she's an actress writer she's oh, an inc- and a singer she she's an amazing oh, songwriter she got all your both of your talents yeah no she's uh but i think writing is her passion yeah yeah. Oh, great. I mean, I, she, you know, she could act, but I, like, I don't know if yeah. I want, want that for her. Yeah, it's a hard road. writing is better. You get have more control over Well, I think she wants to yeah. write her own stuff. Yeah. So. I think, and, and a lot of actors, uh, friends of mine, have said, uh, really, in this new world out here, you really have to write your own stuff. And, and, hence, like a, a, and then hence a requirement. write her mother thing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I will be her mother. Yeah. I hope she's tuning in yes. watching. <laughs> write for me. Well, you know, there's more and more companies popping up, too, that are focused on creating more programming that is female driven. Because, you know, the Gina Davis Institute has done a lot of research showing that it's the men in films and television playing leads is like three Two or three to one for oh, women. Oh, I think it's more than that. Yeah. And so even when you do have uh, a woman that's in a starring role, they tend to be the wife, the girlfriend, the mistress, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and so I, I know we're starting yeah. to see this shift, like yeah. even with Wonder Woman mm-hmm. and things like that. But, I mean, everyday films, it's nice to see, uh, you know, that there's talk of there being more women-driven feet Because well, we are half of the population. We so are. We're more than of half the, of the population. Yeah. So at least half or more of the movies should be women I, I, characters and in a positive exactly. light. Well, it's like chicken yeah. or the egg because women aren't the ones buying the tickets still. Right. So they're sort of placating to the person. But we are the one laying the eggs. Well, we are. <laughs> but if women are elevated and yeah. given more uh, monetary equality, yeah. we will be. So, yes. you know, but we have to, art, art envisions first, mm-hmm. like the civil rights movement. You saw, you know, um, who's guess who's coming to dinner and all those movies that portrayed and then right. then the then culture and then society right. took the lead and took it from there. We yeah. have to we create the vision. Right. And one of the things about this environmental movement that you and I were talking about this morning, you had this fascinating book and we were looking at yes. statistics yes. about how empowering women can help save the environment. Right. So let's talk about well, that for my, a minute. Well, a friend of ours, Paul Hawken from Smith & Hawken, I, some of you might know who that is. He's a wonderful environmentalist, a very smart man, and he hired, I think roughly, and 
my stats are never right because I am not a statistician. Can't even say the word. <laughs> but um, he hired about 30 statisticians from around the world right. to do the one through 100 um, combatants to global climate change. And what he found was one of the a couple of um, like the first one was doing away with fluorocarbons, which we know and we've done, mm-hmm. and that yes. changed the hole in the in the atmosphere. But um, combined with a couple. Women, educating young girls and women was the number one, one of the number one things that we can do to save the planet, basically. I'm, that was such a non-scientific way of saying it. Um, but and I think that has something to do with the Dalai Lama saying it is the Western woman that will save the world. Yes. And so I'm glad it's, he said it's that. That's because good. if we educate young women and, and, uh, and girls around the world... Um, they tend to bring something to the table that men don't with um, heightened uh, caring and, yes. and compassion. I mean, it, the, best, back, the right. best example I can say, if a man doesn't understand what I'm saying, and I think they do, mm-hmm. is that uh, their mother, if they look at their mother, their mother brought something to the table that their father likely didn't. Right. It's a different kind of thing. And so the, the mothers of the world... Right. bring something different and compassionate to the table, but they have to be at the decision-making table. Exactly. And that's why we have to uh, embolden women entrepreneurs and put more women in positions of influence in corporations where their right. decisions are being made. And it, research does show that companies that have more women in their corporate upper management are more profitable. Is that true? That's great. Yeah, and it's because they each bring something different to the table, and together it's unstoppable. Right. And so if if they don't have the women's perspective, they're missing a whole perspective that's really important to everything from environment to profitability. Absolutely. And so it's great that um, with all the craziness going on in the world right now, that at least uh, there's a fire lit under women millennials, people around the world to move things forward for women. It is you know? so true. I, yeah. I mean, I uh, look at my daughter. There, She's 5'9 and wears 3-inch heels. She loves being tall. I was tall. I always wanted to be small. Like, okay, I don't... Uh, be, well, for one reason is in film and television, and even in theater, not as much, but film and television specifically, yeah. I would walk in a casting office and they would first think, how tall are you? Because, I, God forbid, I was taller than the male lead. Right, right. Or any male on the movie. Right. Within a five mile radius. <laughs> right, right. It was such sexism, which right. still is pervasive today. I mean, I, yeah. one of my pet peeves right now, I'm just going to say this network, t- I mean, television news on morning TV, whatever it is, these women have to dress as if they're going to a nightclub with their yeah. legs exposed right. and the men are in suits. What is that about? Right. We need to change that in our culture. Okay. So that's just And I want to go thing. back to something that you said earlier in the show is that when you were growing up, you didn't feel heard. And that is something that is really prevalent, especially with women growing up in the 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, And it's starting, you know, we're starting to become aware of that with this women's empowerment movement. That, uh, but it really is true. The the women in the family didn't feel heard. And so it's really important that, that that this movement really give women a platform to tell their stories and to shine. There's so many women doing incredible work in the world. Let's hear their stories because they've been kept under the carpet. Perfect example, the film uh, last year, Hidden, um, um, 
Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Hidden um, something. The the one about the engineers in yes, um, the, the the black women from NASA was yeah. held under the carpet. Right. The importance they played. Not only were they held under, they were other men were taking uh, the credit, credit for their uh, right. Yes. Just like have you ever seen? Um, the Good Girls Revolt on Amazon. It's I loved a, oh it. Oh my God! And they what canned a it. The men canned that show. I know. Yes. What and, was that about? Yeah. And anybody that can see it on Amazon yeah, should watch that show. Lo- Good I Girls Revolt. It. It's about women in the press in the fifties uh, and sixties. Sixties and seventies. Sixties and seventies. Yes. And how the men would take the credit. They would write the article. They would do the research. Yeah, there was a but title. they were not allowed to have women bylines. They could bylines. not do bylines. Can you imagine no. this? Can the millennials of today? No. believe that women couldn't write the but articles you know, that's why and they couldn't have a credit card and a hundred other but things. But we can never forget that. And I have we young can never girls, not necessarily my daughter's age, but the 30-year-olds. And I've, I've gone toe-to-toe with these girls. Well, the, there's, I'm not a feminist. I yeah. say, well, do you know what that word means? Yes. Do you have any record? And they, well, I don't need your help. Or I, I'm like, whoa, you were standing on the shoulders of women who actually lost their lives oh, for this yes. cause. Oh, yeah, so to you, even vote. This is yeah. not a dirty word. This right. is a word that needs to be embraced. Mm-hmm. And we need to bring it into the fold. I mean, so I... I told one woman who was a young actress, about 30, she was, we had it out about being, the word, even the word feminism. I said, listen, you're 30 now, but one day you're going to be my age. Yes. And hopefully yes. it will have changed. However, if it's going the way it's going, it won't have changed because there won't be women over 50 working unless they look like grandmothers or unless, unless they're in two-line roles or extras, unless they're movie stars. Right. They're not just, you can't right. be a journeyman actor and have a career. Right. Unless you're character. Well, we are going to rally and focus on changing all this yes. because women in their 50s and 60s count. They matter. They bring a lot to the table in business, in Hollywood, and everywhere. So... I'm grateful to have you on the show. I am grateful that you and your husband, Ed Begley, are trying to make the world a better place with your environmental efforts and messaging. And uh, just keep doing great work. I'm grateful that you're doing this show. Thank you. And congratulations on 100 100 episodes. Awesome. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We will see you next Wednesday. More great guests on the agenda. And uh, just make sure you're creating your fate. Visit us at 360karma.com and become part of the movement. We appreciate you. Hugs and happiness.